0: Right, we are recording. Hello, adventurers, and welcome to welcome. I fucking told you. I I I fucking told you. I'd absolutely barefoot in the first go.
1: You got like a word. I.
0: Adventurers and welcome to the. Hello, adventurers, and welcome to the Mike Flares podcast. Coming to you, coming to you today from a hidden position with advantage. I am Martin Odwire, your host, and with me today, as always, is your other host, Connor O'Brien. How are you doing today, Connor? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing good. We've got uh, got some fun stuff to talk about today. It's been a it's been a bit of a quiet week, so I've been looking forward to this. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd like to congratulate you, Martin, on uh, definitely 100 percent nailing the intro on your first try. 100 percent 100 yeah yeah that, that's 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 yeah. uh, on record just yeah. want to
0: yeah and if that first try gets left in the edit remember i know where you live yeah you do <laughs> <laughs> okay cool um we've got some fun stuff to talk with today um la- again last week we did sort of a more general kind of um like world building yeah free form kind of like world building style kind of uh, episode so I thought it would be kind of cool if um we did something a little more um kind of link kind of linked to it, I suppose. Almost like stories, but um we've got uh I think it'd be fun to talk about a time when a player has surprised you. So like at a time when um you've set out like either like a puzzle or a combat encounter or some kind of skill challenge for a player or um and they've like solved that in like a, some unexpected way. Like kind of lateral thinking is what I'm kinda of getting at here. Mm. Or I've even just got, something uh, you've never
1: seen. Yeah, I have definitely got a couple. Uh, some that I was like, just taken aback by and impressed by players. And, uh, and some where I'm like, oh, fuck you. That's the rule, so I can't say no, but yeah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I've had a few of uh, those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah you, you, were, you were there for the one I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start off with that because it's a very, very quick story. Yeah, also, um,
0: also linked to the previous week's story.
1: Yeah, actually, if you haven't seen our previous episode of the Mike Flayers podcast, um, you can go back to episode three, uh, which had a story of the Battle of Narveen, which was a Drow city and the invasion of some mind flayers. Uh, very interesting. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but it just sets up the background a little bit. Ah, uh, so what happened in this time when one of our one of our regular players, you and I, he's in your game now. He's been in my game pretty much since I started playing D and D. Um, uh, is our friend Mike? We've mentioned him before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mike was playing a blue dragonborn sorcerer named shamash in uh in our first campaign and we were coming up on maybe mid-levels it was like maybe eight nine ten something like that uh and you guys had a folding boat which he deployed in an underdark sea as in like a a literal saltwater sea mm-hmm. but com- like entirely within the underdark uh, and he sailed across it to go to this one place on the sailing back i was like okay i've kind of already done some mind flayer stuff I'm really, really interested to try this creature that's called a Neolithid, which is if I remembering the lore correctly, it's when a, a, a Mindplayer tadpole uh is not implanted into a host and possibly gets loose somehow. When they're not kept in those little pods or little those little brine pools. Um they are if if especially this often happens if a colony collapses a mind player colony, mm. uh, tadpoles will scatter and skitter and most of them won't survive. Um because the slightly stronger ones will eat the other ones. And eventually you get yeah. one top tier tadpole. And then those tadpoles grow into a size gargantuan creature, which is I am enormous, familiar. Yeah. An <laughs> enormous uh, serpentine worm creature with t- uh, tendrils has a tongue and it looks like the the, uh, the Demogorgon in stranger things, where its mouth opens with these kind of like a flower head. Um, and they are terrifying um, and very, very deadly. And I was like, uh, I think I, I, I didn't have Volo's guide. It appears in Volo's guide. And mm. I didn't have Volo's guide very long. So mm. I was like, oh, I can't wait to try this. This is a cool creature. It'll be a really good boss monster or something like that. Um, and when ye, I decided a good place to maybe try it out would be as you were sailing back across the, the sea. And now, they don't have a swim speed normally. But I said, hey, they're they come from being tadpoles, which do swim in the brine. I can, I can give my swimsuit. That's no problem. Yeah. Uh, so that happened. I'm, they were sailing in the boat. The boat rocks a little bit. Something bumped it. Um, and all of a sudden, this big head comes up out of the water. Uh, and it roars at you. And I'm like, roll for initiative. And you guys are like, oh, shit. Look yeah. at that thing. That's insane. Um, and then uh, the first round took off. And I think someone, I don't know, threw a dagger, shot an arrow, did something. Uh, did a little bit of damage not, nothing major uh but i was like okay mark it down cool uh next player up mike what does shamash do uh he casts Polywarf. uh okay um well okay he does have he does have advantage on uh, saving throws versus spells so we'll see how this goes for you. oh okay uh he got a two and a three um so mike is high, like what do, what form do you choose uh he's like he turns into a frog Cool. <laughs> a frog it is. My, this, a huge, enormous creature turns into a frog. And I'm like, right. Okay. Uh, I guess that's combat over then. <laughs> and then, because he just turned it into a frog. And then uh, I, he said, oh, what I want to do is I want to use Mage Hand to pluck it out of the water. And then I want to stick it in the bag of holding and take it with me. And I was like, Right okay and then i like you you do that it's a frog he's not going to be able to resist your mage hand very easily he pops from the bag of holding and i start thinking oh oh no because <laughs> if anyone is listening last week to our, our previous episode there was a bit where the guys discovered that the bag of holding has uh 10 minutes of air total uh, and they had already used up all the air so as soon as the frog goes in there he immediately starts suffocating <laughs> uh and loses the one hit point he has and i'm like holy what happens if a bag of holding gets full because you just put in something that's the size of a frog but in actuality if it loses one hit point it then changes back to its previous form which is probably like hundreds if not thousands of pounds of flesh and tentacles and all this other stuff and i was like oh my god so i think i probably spent a good 10 minutes I, I i kind of stopped the game because i'm like what happens here does the bag get destroyed does it tear up important the, the astral sea like, what actually happens here uh, and i i'm panicking looking through the book and i'm not i'm neither i'm neither happy nor sad about this <laughs> i just don't know what's happening anymore i've lost all control of the game um I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what the result is. So I'm quickly reading through the book and I'm looking at the size of the creature. I'm like, that's de- that's definitely way more. than because I think it's like a thousand pounds or something that you can store within a bag of holding. And you already have a bunch of stuff in there. Oh yeah, we had like
0: a bunch of treasure, a bunch of magic items. I think I had a spare set of armor in there and it was gold armor yeah. too. Yeah. There
1: was, there was a lot of stuff uh, that you gathered for from oh, well over a year of playing at that point. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I look up, the monster's definitely too big. It will not fit in there. Uh, and then I'm like, what happens if it gets full? And apparently the bag can rip. So I don't want to do this, just be like, oh, your bag rips. Screw you. Uh, so I say to Mike, I say, you notice that all after maybe a minute or two, you continue sailing and after like a minute or so, the bag continues to like, starts rumbling very suddenly uh, and shaking and bulging and becoming kind of bulbous. And Mike, knowing how the bag works, goes, oh, shit. I, I take the bag and I turn it inside out. I put my hand through it. I force it out like that and I, over the side of the ship. And I described that uh, from out of this tiny bagger holding, this less than a foot opening, this enormous worm creature spews out and splashes back into the water. Uh, As well as literally all of the vials of blood that she gathers from the red dragon and the armor Mm -hmm. and the numerous swords and spears and all this other stuff. And it splashes into the water. Then we had to go through a very quick list of what was in the bag of holding, because I'm like, right, some of that stuff is sinking instantly to the bottom of an Underdark Sea, and you are not getting it back unless you want to go swimming here, which I don't recommend. Uh, so like some of the swords, the armor, I think there was a jacket or two, like, they probably float. There was some vials of blood, and I'm like, well, the cork in them would float, so I'll say they'll float. And there was a few things like that, but there was a lot of uh, items in there that was just instantly mm-hmm. lost to the, to the abyss, to the endless uh, deep abyss. Also known as uh, most of my shit. A lot of your shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that Shamash had been carrying for you. Um, and then, yeah, and then I was like, ooh, okay, excellent, fight back on. So we go back into the initiative order. Uh, we do a couple of the bits. I'm like, you can probably just keep your same initiatives. Someone uh, goes again, something happens, blah, blah, blah. We come back around to the next turn. Mike says, I like, cast Polymorph again. And I'm like, right, okay, well, he still has advantage. So I'm just going to... Oh. and he rolled like he literally rolled like a two and a five or something really terrible again and, and did not withstand the polymorph so at that point mike turned him back into a frog for the second time uh and then also and then he was just like right we'll just sail away <laughs> and leave the frog and i'm like cool and everyone at the table was looking at me and looking at mike and going mike you've really annoyed him i'm like i'm fine i'm, I'm, I'm fucking fine i don't care whatever stupid game <laughs>
0: Um, but that...
1: I, I, I was i was i was annoyed but also kind of impressed and i i, I both in that moment i both hated and loved mike so much <laughs> i was like oh fuck you because i really wanted to use this monster but also i can't believe that worked that's yeah. so brilliant that it worked but oh that uh
0: that recent episode of critical role where they turned that huge monstrosity into a turtle it must have been a rough watch <laughs>
1: That was the oh the dragon turtle. One. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it was was it was it a dragon? It was the drag, dragon turtle on the way to that volcanic island. No, no,
0: this is when they're in the in the they're in like a an ice room. The map pulls this huge monstrosity out, and just and I think it like instantly like stuns like two or three like half the party, and then Jester polymorphs it. Then it gets turned back into the monster again. Then Jester polymorphs it again, and then they just yeah. like turn it. They turn it into a turtle and they put it on its back, and then they just push it out across a frozen lake.
1: Oh, yes, you're right. Sorry, yeah. And they, and they turned it on its back like a hockey puck yeah. and sent it off across the ice. Oh. That
0: must have been a rough watch for you after that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that and the Dragon Turtle 1 that long before. They both hit kind of close. The yeah. Whole oh, uh, that's like actually immediately like what, of, what of I thought some, some serious abuse. Like, you do, like, imagine if you had, like, wyvern riders chasing you. And you're just like, oh, see that wyvern? Well, now it's a rabbit. Uh, and then it just falls out of the sky. And the person who was riding the wyvern is now also falling out of the sky. That's, you know, you can be, like, really... You can take a huge amount of action economy away from the DM by just polymorphing something out of a combat. Same with banishment.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I had a moon druid in my party for most of my current campaign, mm-hmm. and her go-to move was to turn once. Once it was available, was the wild shape into a T-Rex, and I think you'll find four d12 white damage solves a lot of problems. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. So, uh, an example I had for this myself. um, uh I had, I had i had one that you that uh, you were actually there for which um was just a spell i'd never seen used before uh i was running a, a one-shot based on the first dark souls game um and you guys were approaching i had i had this like big like i this big webs layer um for a boss battle coming for anyone who's fans of the dark souls series it was um Quaggoth, uh, i think it's Quaggoth. yeah uh it's the spider witch lady um, her, it was her layer around by Ash Lake that I uh, repurposed for D and D. And on the way in, um, one of the characters, um, the player's name was Shane. I can't remember what his character was, but he was like, "Oh, are there a, are... A druid or some kind of like yeah?" He a was a druid. druid, and he goes, yeah, "He uh... said he asked me, uh, oh, are there any like, are there any insects around?'" Uh, and I was like, oh, "There's, I guess, yeah. There would be. Yeah, there's like a couple of spiders around. I don't know spiders are arachnids. Before anyone starts jumping all over the comments." Um, <laughs> Like, um, few... Actually, uh, So there was, I said, there was a few spiders and like one or two like cockroaches or or like woodlouse or something like that. And he was like, "Oh, great! I cast giant insect," and I was like, "What does that do?"
1: i <laughs> would like, nev- never heard of this spell. And yeah, we've been playing D and D four or five years at this point. Yeah, never
0: ever. Probably to do with the fact that we didn't really have any druids in in our game. True, yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, he, ju- he just basically turned like I think it was four bugs into like giant versions of themselves and essentially just brought back up immediately before the boss fight. And I was just like, I have never. I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> what the fuck? Um. Uh, but I suppose the I, I have a longer one that uh I- that I think is. I think it's a good example of exactly how chaotic being a dm is um and just having to completely adapt on the fly uh it's from uh the campaign i'm currently running so i had i had set up a mission for these guys they were um, in an underwater sea of city and they're looking for a cult and they're trying to to trying to find out who's in the cult, and they they did this mission to get they did a mission for the basically like a local thieves guild, um, in exchange for info on someone who's like an easy target who's a high ranking member of the cult. Okay. So they did it. They get told it's this is guy named Baron, um, and he's like, uh, I I I was like, easy targets. So I was like, oh, you're like a wealthy spoiled son of uh, like a, a duke or something. Uh, you know, kind of like. That really like that stereotypical, like annoying playboy, rich boy kind of stereotype. Um, nice, yes, that, li-
1: I think if you watch uh, the Eros campaign by Mark Humes, uh, one of the players plays a chromatic, uh, yes. wizard guy who's yeah, all like, yeah. Oh, it's okay, daddy will come and rescue me. Yeah, pretty much that, pretty much yeah, yeah. that kind of guy.
0: Um, so I had it set up that he that they found out that he was going to be going to this specific brothel in the city and that he, he'd be going there, and it's like, and in my head, I thought it would be like a, um, I had written it as and set it up as, and in my head, I thought it would be like a stealth mission where you go, they'll they go up, they know he's going to be here, they'll watch the building, wait for him to leave, uh, like half the party were rogues and the other half of the party could like cast polymorph, so they could very easily follow him without him knowing. Um, it's I was all like stealth rolls and turn it into spiders to get inside. And uh, yeah, that. spider. I nearly said birds, but they're underwater, so that wouldn't really work. <laughs> well, spiders probably wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like, this will be great. They'll, they should, they'll, they'll do really good at this. They'll get some cool spy moments. It'll go. It'll work really well. Game time comes. I explain. I give him the info. Tell him where he's going to be. And they go, oh, this is a heist. And I went, it's a what now? And they're like, okay we have uh, like my my rogue likes to buy um (laughs) likes to buy uh magic mushrooms whenever he comes across uh an apothecary okay so he had these ones i think it was called the glass see i I always give them like stupid punny names so um there was one that would make you really tired called the glass sleeper okay um and he was like oh can i use that with our druid and her alchemist supplies, can we make like a sleeping tonic? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, you can. He was like, Okay, here's the plan. <laughs> so, right, the rogue had a hat of disguise. So he disguised himself as, in his own words, a busty bar wench. And then the sorcerer went in, bought a load of drink, then joined the guy at the table because she had the best charisma. So she started to just chat him up and like uh, bullshit him and just kind of keep him occupied. Then we had uh, the other rogue who was a halfling rogue. He uh, did the Assassin's Creed thing, you know, where you can like buy off a group of people to go over and distract the guards. Yeah. So, so he, he went and he hired two, he hired two women from the brothel and was like, yeah, go, uh, go have drinks with his bodyguards there and distract them and just like keep them company. And so they sent him over there. What happens is then they rent a room in the brothel above uh, one or up right they've set the druid up there the druid makes a sleeping potion in there the rogue uses a hat of disguise to disguise himself goes up there with a tray gets the drink gets the potion pours it in a, in a pint glass comes back down with it on a tray passes by the table as the target is being distracted by the sorcerer his bodyguards are missing because the other rogue has bribed them and he has really good sleight of hand
1: so he bumps the table and goes and, this is some serious
0: Ocean's Eleven shit. Right? Oh my! God. I was I was both incredibly like panicked, but also incredibly proud of them for coming up with this on the fly. Yeah. Uh, and he literally just like bumps uh, bumps the table, and goes, "Oh, sorry, my lord," and like spills the sleeping potion into your man's drink. His bodyguards aren't there. The only other person at the table watching is in on it. And then <clears throat> they just continue drinking with the guy for the night. Uh, his bodyguards disappear with the two women. Um, the rogue that hired the other two and was drinking with the bodyguards and the two of them, he stealths out the back, comes back up around and because it's the ocean, swims up onto the second floor, comes in through a window and is on the second floor out of sight. And then they proceed to drink with him. They they go, oh, come on, we'll go and play some cards. And then he gets up and he kind of out the potion takes effect. He starts suddenly like, oh, no, are you sick? Do you want to have a lie down? We have a room upstairs. And he's like, Oh, you're so good. Thank you so much, friends. I'm so happy I could have met you tonight. They bring him upstairs, tie him to the bed. Um, they, they magically uh confuse him. Uh, let them have a little leeway with the confusion spell in terms of just mind meddling, mind muddling stuff. Right, okay. Um, and then made them roll like uh persuasion and intimidation rolls on top of it. Uh and eventually they get out this they get out the info they need from him. Um but then they go, Oh no. He's seen all of our faces. No. Right? Meanwhile, the, the second rogue, the halfling, has been standing outside the door, just chilling in the doorway, kind of keeping watch, but mm-hmm. keep keeping a low profile in case for when the bodyguards are coming back in. So he's completely alien to all of this. Inside the door, then, they get the information they needed. And during the process of interrogation, I had him go into, like, because uh, he was I had him statted out as a cult fanatic. And they have uh, advantage on uh, saves versus fear and charm. And uh, so I kind of took a twist on that, and had that be that when eventually they started getting out, of, started getting towards more, they start asking more detailed questions about the cult and who was in it, what was in it. And um, it's called, I think it's called fanatical focus on the thing. So I just took that as an inspiration, said so he like snaps into like this weird trance and starts like speaking in a lower register, and his eyes white over, and he's just like bound there speaking like this like crazy gravelly voice that isn't his. And he kind of gives them some information, but then starts to, like, just clam up. And they're like, all right, he's not giving us anything else. And he's seen all of our faces. Hmm, shit. And they, so they decide they're going to need to kill him. And then they go, what do we do with the body? And they're like, oh, shit, what do we do? How can we, how can we get rid of the body? Like, he, the, there's lots of people downstairs. The druid goes, don't worry, lads. I've got this. And turns into a great white jerk.
1: And eats him,
0: and eats the fucking body. Oh god! Right? and the entire time the other halfling is outside, and I was like, "Roll a, What this happened? And I said, like, "Roll a perception check." And he, I was, uh, he, he think you rolled like an eighteen or something. You rolled pretty high, and I was like, "You, uh, you hear, you hear like these crunching noises coming from behind the door, and then you look down at your feet, and you see this like these like rivulets of red begin to streak out from underneath the doorframe because it's all underwater and fucking." like the blood diffuses in the water yeah so like he's standing at the at door and these streaks of blood just start streaming out from under the door like ink and he was and he, in my head i was so hoping that he would go what's going on and like all of it then would it's just come right. out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he thank but, but thankfully for him but i i would have made it more fun for him. but he for he realized that what happened and he hopped out the window, swam around to the window on the other side, and went, the fuck is going on, guys? And then saw all the red inside, and they were just like, oh, okay, and they were like, fuck, you have to get out, so.
1: There's just two yeah. people in there, one of them is holding a shark <laughs> upwards, someone else is trying to force-feed a body into it like a wood chipper, and there's just red all over the place.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they were like, oh, crap, how can we get out without letting all the blood out? And then one of them just goes, we're on the second floor, and it's nice at sea, no one's going to see it, and he just, Boots the door the window open <laughs> and swims out. Because they don't have to like, leave by the front door either, because it's underwater, so they can just swim out. There were yeah. so there was so much like so many times I forgot the necessity that like stealth would not be a necessity because gravity doesn't really apply.
1: <laughs> yeah. We need to get onto the third floor. Uh, yeah,
0: it was but it was just uh, um, such a twist on what I expected. Like I was like, you're all good at stealth. You can just track this guy down and take him out in his own. All good. I expected him to like Catch him, interrogate him, and I—I I, I knew my players. I expected to kill him. Um, I just didn't expect them to didn't expect them to weaponize a giant shark to do so. <laughs> to to have one of them, one of the players, eat him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I oh god, man. But like, I was I was both
1: horrified and really, really proud of their ingenuity. <laughs> that's you never told me that story before, but I really like it. I, I thats that's a prime example of just like. Well, one, there's multiple surprises in that. Like, you you did not expect them to do a whole heist thing and make it a whole oh. Ocean's Eleven. Hey, it's underwater, Ocean's Eleven. I had, um, so, like, I, I had, had, I had, a, I had about, I mean, it, the whole thing went over two
0: sessions, but the first half of it was that session I prepped as, like, a stealth mission. But then when yeah. I came into the second half, which is where the interrogation stuff was, I had more stuff prepped and kind of laid out. But, yeah, for, like, I'd say at least a good, probably 45 minutes of the of the session I had to just the last 45 minutes of the session probably I just had to completely just like and this happens and this happens and this guy comes in and he's wearing this and he's wearing this kind of armor what do you mean what's his crest it's a cloud or a lightning bolt
1: <laughs> you know that kind of stuff yeah
0: um but yeah, it was just a lot of fun, and it's it's one of my one of my favorite memories from my from my current campaign so far, and just I think a great time where someone surprised me, and then that as well just the other one I just had never seen giant Insect as well before, and thought
1: it was cool as fuck. Yeah, we I was playing that game where, where Shane used giant insect. I was just looking up there. I uh, actually there is uh, limits or uh So it's either. You can transform up to 10 centipedes, three spiders, five wasps, or one scorpion within range into a giant version of them. I think it uh, was three spiders. So yeah, he picked three spiders. And I think you had three tunnels. So um, we were trying to figure out which one to go down. So he was like, hey, you go there, you go there, you go there. And then tell us which one has, what, what's down each one. And from that, we actually managed to suss out which one was the correct one to get to the central layer and stuff, which was, again... We were the you and me were sitting at the table going, "What? <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing!" I what remember, I remember he
0: said, "Can I cast it?" And I was like, "I, I think I actually looked at you and went, Connor. Do you know what this does?" <laughs> oh, yeah, I know no
1: <laughs> But again, you and I, uh, until, until your most recent game, I guess, uh, hadn't uh, ever run a, a game for a druid. Uh, none of our characters or players yeah. have ever played druids, uh, and I've never played a druid myself. Uh, I don't think you have either. Uh, uh, so no, but it's on the list. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. am. Uh, I was thinking of a. You don't play Apex, do you? Apex Legends? Uh,
0: no, I played it a little bit, but I'm not a big BR fan.
1: Okay, there is a new character in it called Horizon, uh, the most recent season, and she was like, she's kind of a space explorer, and she has these gravity gadgets and stuff like that. Uh, and just on the topic of uh characters that we were planning on playing or something like that, I thought uh, she had a whole thing where she was trapped in the event Horizon of a black hole so time was running differently for her so her daughter grew up and died as an old woman and everything and she missed out her like all her loved ones lives until she eventually managed to escape um and
0: Riffly i thought that'd be a
1: really really cool character if you play like an artificer uh, human. Uh, or uh or a mix of them gravaturgy if you want yeah and then you could also do uh but have it be that she accidentally got transported to the astral sea because you don't age in the astral sea. Oh, okay, yeah. And she could have been trapped there for three hundred years, and all of her family has aged and grown old. And you come back, and you're kind of a fish out of water because you're like, "Oh, everything's different," but you know, and all my family are gone and stuff. It'd, it'd be really cool, uh, yeah, really cool character. Very, play. um, very Ellen Ripley vibes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's actually now to think about. It, that's probably where they got the inspiration for the character. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is. Uh, I really like that. I really like the the heist thing. Every every time you mention what's the name of the city? It's Kirith something. Uh, like... Sirith Lowrey. Sirith yeah. Lowry. yeah. Every time you mention that underwater city and everything that goes on in it, and the fact that half it half the adventures occur underwater and the shark racing and all this other stuff. Every time you mention it, I'm like, oh, it's so damn cool. I love <laughs> it so much. That's a really that's a really really unique uh town, and that was that was kind of the, one of the first major towns that you went to. It was, it was... the first
0: it was the first backstory arc, because um, yeah. I had them do, um, I think it was, I think I I think I got them there around level five or six. So I had them do like the early levels, um, all on the main like human continent. And then uh, there was like, uh, then there was like an attack on the city they were operating out of that um, was from the cult based in that city. And one of my players is also from that city. So it was just a really good opportunity for them to go and do his backstory. And I think, I, I think we spent about a month playing through that, that arc i kind of i kind of shoot for about like a month ish when i'm running like an arc like at least four or six sessions yeah um if, if it's particularly if it's a, like a, a bigger a bigger one i might even go a few sessions longer um but yeah that was that was just like i think that was like the first real big area where they got to explore all their backstory they actually i ran a game last night and it was one of the most uh enjoyable moments of being a dm was my players just had drinks around the campfire and spoke in character about their backstories for about twenty minutes, and it was oh, absolutely that. brilliant. I love that.
1: I I like. Uh, do we have time for any more uh, uh, player, impressed player moments? Or yeah,
0: yeah, we're, we 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 have time, we've time.
1: Cool. I do have one. Just when you are talking about car- players speaking in character and stuff like that, uh, the the one with Mike and the polymorph and all that is probably the one where I was like surprised and kind of caught off guard but also like a little bit annoyed mm-hmm. uh, which i think is a lot is a is a common thing for for dms like oh I'm proud, but also, oh, yeah it's like um, oh you i
0: really wanted to use this ability but i'm also incredibly impressed by the fact that you've made me not be able to use this ability
1: <laughs> it's 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 absolutely um it's Vader to Obi Wan mm. in A New Hope, when he's like, When I left you, I was but the apprentice. Now I am the master. It's a, it's when your players finally <laughs> out- outdo you, and you're like, Oh, I was the dungeon master, but I've just been outdone. Oh. But uh, yeah, just talking about uh, players surprising us uh, and players being good role players and all that. Um, there was a game I ran about a year ago, actually. Uh, I ran my first game for our friend Gavin uh gavin basically put up on facebook he's like does anyone play dungeons and dragons and will they run a game for me because i'm dying to play uh, um and whatever and i'm like yeah i'll run a game for you no problem at all uh and it was i'm like just gather like three other people uh and we'll get a nice four-person squad which is a party or whatever which is exactly what you're going to want um and we'll we'll run a game so i had a plan that they would take a contract from a guy who uh wants them to go and kill a vampire um, because, you know, obviously vampires, they can bite people and make other vampires, so the whole situation can get out of hand really fast. And this guy was like, I'm like a third party hire by the church, because the church doesn't deal directly with adventurers, but I'm now hired by the church to in turn hire someone to do the job. So you need to take this, and he gave him like this, basically like a injection kind of magic. It's a magic item, basically. Mm. And they're like, when you destroy the vampire's physical body, it will take a missed form. Um so you'll need to capture the mist form with this and seal it inside of this object, bring it back to me, and then I can give it to the church, because they can properly destroy them with like holy magic. And they were like, Oh yeah, sure, no problem at all. So they went on the quest and there was a train thing and there was uh there was some a fight in the woods and there was a, even a, a little puzzle I threw in which really it's one of my, my better rounded one offs. Um and they get to the to get to the house. Uh, where the vampire is, and they find that the vampires killed a bunch of people. They're all, there's all this blood everywhere, and uh, in at some point, he'd also killed his wife and his own wife and daughter. Um, so he and he, and he's there with no one living around him, and he he wants to die. He's like, "I'm a monster. I've done the most horrific things. Please kill me." You know, and they they were kind of talking to him at first, which I really loved, um, and. Uh, they basically, they basically, he because they were in a fight previously, and they hadn't fully healed up. And I wrote this in my notes: If they have not fully healed up, each one of them will still be bleeding from the previous fight. Oh. In which case, he steps forward, and he he basically he steps forward to be like, okay, I like I'll accept my fate. Please, you know, kill me, Paladin. Um. And as soon as he steps forward, his eyes dilate, and he says, breathing really heavy. And I I turn to and I mentioned I think I mentioned this player before. Uh, I turn to Courtney and I say, Courtney. Thea looks down and sees that there is blood dripping down her baby finger and onto the floor, next to you. And he looks at you. Roll for initiative. So that all kicked mm. off right? Uh, and it was a great fight. And they managed to catch him, and they caught the they caught the mist once he turned into mist form. They actually battered him. They, <laughs> they sent him the, the armored cleric and the armored paladin pushed him into a corner and then summoned two spiritual weapons that were just like. <laughs> whack, 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 whack. <laughs> uh, I was just absolutely clobber them. Um <clears throat> uh Thea, who was a high off necromancer, caught the mist inside of uh inside of the, the, the containment thing. Uh and they brought it they brought it back. So they I was kind of expecting to be like, okay, so once they capture the mist, or if they succeed, you know, um I'll just kind of fast track it at that point. The the quest is basically done. I'll fast track it at that point and I'll just basically describe them fast traveling back to town and dropping off the thing and getting paid and all that sort of stuff and I was gonna just run through that and it was actually kind of close to when we would finish anyway the session went on for about 30 or 40 more minutes um <laughs> because they were so into it after the fight and so heavy in the role play and I want I want I should preface it by saying Gavin had never played before he was somewhat familiar with critical role and stuff like that we'd never played before uh uh, his girlfriend had also never played before and was less familiar with Critter Role, I think, than than he was. Mm-hmm. There was another guy there. Uh, there was Courtney. Courtney is an actress but had never played D&D before. And uh Courtney's boyfriend was a had done pantos and acting and stuff like that as well. But again, he'd only played a little bit of DD. Mm-hmm. So really most people here were newbies, and they took to act to like the role play aspect like fish to water. It was amazing. I was so blown away i came back from this session absolutely buzzing and they got so into the role play that when we when they got back to town uh they went into uh into the tavern they found the guy uh who you will know i think i told you this before the guy is uh one of the big bad yes. yes 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 uh, who is who is strauss uh and Strauss was disguised as a human, but he is actually a, a high elf or a fire elf, as I call them in my world. And they kind of went to him and goes, oh, they, What they said was, all right we want to suss this guy out because we're not 100% trustworthy of him. And I'm like, Yeah, sure, no problem at all. They sat around him insights. They ask Can they speak to him in a more quiet section of the bar? uh Three of them go that way. One of them is like, I'm going to go and find his room. And I'm like, Okay, you do that. Make it a, make a, like a. I don't know an investigation check to see if you can identify which room is his. She rolled dirt low, mm. and I'm like, "You find a room." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm cutting back and forth, and the guys at the table are like, "So, you know, you said you were hired by the church, and they're gonna dispose of this properly, destroy this vampire, right?" He's like, "Absolutely, that's exactly what they're gonna do." And they're just not really feeling this guy, and they're all in inside checks, and I'm, and I think a couple of them did quite well, I'm like. Yeah, you get the feeling that maybe there's an alternate motive here or something like that. You know, that he's kind of telling you what you want to hear. Um, And he looks at the paladin. Now, the paladin's a tiefling. uh, And tieflings would, in a lot of D&D worlds, are kind of treated quite poorly because of their infernal heritage. Mm -hmm. Um, And he looks at him, and I'm now on my my heels because I'm thinking, Oh, man, I I need to get this guy out of here (laughs) uh, and not get killed by these guys because he's technically part of my other canon. Um, I need to get this guy out of here, and I need to find a way that I can do it, and that he can get the thing he needs from them as well. Because currently, Thea, the elf, the fire elf necromancer, is still holding it. So uh, he turns to the paladin, and he says, haven't you always hated how humans treat you? How they always, you know, they're, they're superior, and, and, and I'm sure you've lived a hard life because of what they do to people any different from them, you know? Uh, and of course, Gavin turns around to me, and he goes... Yeah, I don't really give a fuck, man. I don't trust you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then I'm looking around. And I look at the dwarf cleric, and I'm like, okay, he's a dwarf and he's a cleric. There's no way he's going to be the guy to side with me. But who, Strauss, who I know is a fire elf and a necromancer, looks at Thea, who's also a fire elf and a necromancer. And I'm like, okay, this might be my shot here. So I turn to Courtney. And again, I'd never met Courtney before tonight as well. Uh, and I turn to her and I say... Don't you, uh, you know what humans are like? You know what they've done to our kind. And he drops his disguised self, and they see the firel form of him. And uh, so he's like, "You and my, you and I. Tell me, I've seen what you can do. You obviously practice the art of necromancy. Why?" And she says, "My sister died uh, very young because of an illness, and I've I've been looking for a way to bring her back." And he says, "I can help you." I can show you what you need to know to bring your sister back. And he means it. He's not bullshitting. He's not lying for the sake of it. He means it. Uh, And he says, if you're willing to work with me, are you willing? And he puts out his hand. And I hold hold out my hand to Courtney. And then she thinks for a second and goes, I'm willing. And she takes my hand. And I say, Dimension Door. Ah. And the two of them disappear out with the vial, with the they missed uh, it, trapped inside of it, and the other two were left at the table going, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) (laughs) And I was so impressed, like the whole game I was so impressed with all of their role playing. but in that moment, Courtney fell into the role, and she was not being Courtney, being a character she was thinking, I am Thea, and I want my sister back, and I'm going to join up with this guy, because he's a fire elf, and a necromancer, and he might have the knowledge I need and she's thinking about her character in that moment, she's not playing a game in a team of four people, she is playing the character, and I loved it. It was one of the best twists I've ever done. It, it definitely ever in a one shot. Uh, it was just phenomenal. I was so I was so impressed by everyone. I came back to my apartment that night, and my I was buzzing. My hands were shaking. I, <laughs> I had so much fun at that bloody session.
0: That sounds awesome, and I love it when, when like someone just absolutely goes for it and like isn't afraid to like look silly and just goes for it because like. I think that's what stops most people kind of like really going for their role-building it's something I experienced as well. It's like anxiety about looking dumb. Mm. Um, and I think that like that already that anxiety is going to like stifle whatever creativity that you had planned. Like, cause if you're, if you're like, Oh, I have something cool planned. And then it comes time to say it. And if you haven't like it written down in front of you or something, or you're just trying to make something up on the fly and you're already getting anxious, your brain just starts shutting off options. So like you, where, where you might've been able to, to deliver the like, Aragorn at the Black Gate speech in your best form, but as soon as you start thinking I yeah, yeah. oh, look dumb, you're going to start looking like fucking I uh, was like Ben Stiller in *Traffic Thunder*. <laughs> like...
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, it's like I—I I, I, that's going to be a crutch for a lot of people, or mm. uh, not a crutch so much, but uh, a hindrance. If if everyone at the table doesn't have the same level of buy-in, then and, and I don't think it's anyone's fault, really. You know, people are comfortable where they're comfortable. Um, But I think if some people at the table are kind of just here to play a game and roll some dice and Mm. whatever, but some people are there to really play a character, those people that really want to play a character might feel a little hindered sometimes just because they don't want to, they might feel like I'm not in the right audience, I'm not the right people to, uh, to be in this kind of, you know. I will smote this beast. <laughs> yeah, eating, you know. Yeah, I think like as
0: long as I think you can have people who have who are, are different levels of buy-in, no, not necessarily buy-in, but like different levels of investment in the role play. Um, as long as everyone at the table uh, like supports the person who is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would never, never I would never say to to try and push anyone into a, a space they're not comfortable mm. in. Um, feel free to throw someone the ball every now and again and see how they react and if they don't like uh, maybe throw a fishing line is what a better metaphor Mm -hmm. uh and if they don't bite that's fine you you kind of you've you've gone kind of like here's an option and if they just go if they don't want to do a voice or even speak as their character they just go oh uh yeah my character accepts that's perfectly fine as well as long as they're having fun and enjoying the game they can be they can speak in the third person like oh my character aratok will um He'll run up to this guy here, and he'll say uh, that he doesn't like this idea, you know. And then, but uh, you don't have to be like, "I'm Aratak. I, I think that you're what you're doing is wrong, and I'm going to stop you." You know, yeah. you don't have to be the whole, the whole thing. As long as that person is comfortable where they are, that's that's very important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think
1: like just yeah, the most important thing is just go for it. Go
0: for it. And if someone is kind of taking a moment to go for it, <laughs> as long as it's not being excessive, um, I would say just like like, be encouraging, be supportive.
1: If the next person at the table, then what, immediately after Aratok goes and says it in third person, if the next person's like, my halfling rogue, the most most cleverest man on the high seas, is now (laughs) going to do, or whatever, if if he immediately falls into this insanely detailed character and stuff, that's you know that can even bring people onto a level sometimes you know yeah. someone who's really really into role play and someone who's not kind of can kind of they, they Balance one one right. will bring the other down and one will bring the other up and they'll kind of average out and you get a good <laughs> vibe at the table sometimes then.
0: yeah yeah because like I've, I've played i've definitely played in games where there's been like mixed levels of um buying and stuff and like uh particularly role playing yeah just as long be sound, just be nice, just be sound. <laughs> just be good to each other. That's yeah. all we ask. As is. as the as the ancient scholars, the wild stallions once said, be excellent to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. So uh speaking of wild stallions, Connor. Um I think it'd be thought it'd be cool if we had a bit of a chat about something that came out recently and something that has been Sort of, I don't want to say a problem, but like uh, ooh, a point of debate or a point of uh, a pain point, I'd say, for uh, a lot of players in the past, and that's animal companions, and also, and then leaving on to also sidekicks. Um, I bring this right, up because comments about this topic. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I bring this up because uh, we have both we have both played characters that have had pets um i'm i have one currently you played one before and um i think it'd be a good idea just kind of talk about um what it was like trying to run like a pet or like uh, any kind of animal companion in 5 prior to tasha's and then maybe one day we can have a bit of a chat about psych extend for the rest of the time uh
1: yeah yeah uh so when i was playing my very first character uh vaskeen ironwort uh half elf ranger greatest archer in the land <laughs> um he had a pet wolf so we we got the third level the dm says you can be a hunter or you can be a beast master and i said what's a hunter do he's like he's slightly better at fighting okay what's a beast master do you get a pet wolf <laughs> well i'm fucking sorry <laughs> uh, pet wolf it is and i you should bear in mind i did not understand the game very well at the time mm. uh, but a pet wolf sounded dope as hell to me so i was i was all for it uh i got a Funnily enough, I remember we were we we were in a cave uh and I I think I missed a session actually. Um and we were in a cave, and then I missed the next session, and then on session three, we were still in the cave, and I showed back up and I'm like, oh by the way, I got a wolf now. Because <laughs> I leveled, but there's no explanation. I just showed up and like, oh by the way, this is my wolf. Uh I found him, I guess, elsewhere in the cave. Um and I named him graybane and he but I actually, the way I, the reason I named him was because in that fight, we fought some sort of celestial, like this neutral celestial angel creature. Uh, and Greybane actually saved me because when I got knocked down by it, he ran up and attacked it and it failed the strength save as a wolf <laughs> and I got knocked prone. And as a result, I thought, oh, this is like a neutral thing, so Grey, and he was the bane of this uh, angelic celestial creature. So I called him Grey bane. Um, So I had him for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think I'm out of line with saying that Beastmaster, as it appears in the player handbook, uh, the normal print of it, um, is not the best subclass. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. That's we can, fair. We can rant about this for another hour in a different episode. We could do an
0: entire hour-long episode just about Ranger and Beastmaster. <laughs> and if that's something you guys want to see, leave a comment below and we'll be happy to take take the heat for that particular topic for a week. <laughs> nice,
1: nice. That's definitely, right. that's definitely a you week, though. <laughs> uh, well, yeah I, I, I had the experience i guess um so i had gray for a while uh he was good for for attacking he i'd let him go in and do the the whole frontline thing and then i was an archer so i would hang back and we would kind of do things that way uh he was I, I don't remember being too much of a hindrance in terms of like we're climbing something someone has to carry our dog kind of thing mm. but he did die unfortunately we were in a, an invisible maze uh in which there was a minotaur and foolishly we decided to split the party we kind of thought okay let's go I'll, one of us will go this way and what a couple of us will go this way. a couple of us will go that way and i was kind of leading on the right hand path um which actually was the more direct route into the center of the maze where the minotaur was and the uh so i sent gray out in front uh, as we all know, Minotaurs, I believe, hit with a 2D twelve plus their strength mod. Yes. Uh, yeah. by damage. Uh which is pretty hefty. Um particularly at like level up, three. We were like like level we weren't that higher level. Uh and the problem with the, the subclass as it as it is or as it is in the uh, PHP is uh PHP? PHP, sorry. <laughs> um I was just thinking that acronym makes no Sorry, sense. it looked like you were buffering um, for a second. <laughs> uh but yeah, the the animal you choose as your companion does not scale well. So hmm. early on, levels one to three, maybe even four and five, your animal companion is is grand. They do a nice little bit of damage depending on what animal you pick. You know, whether it's a bear or wolf or whatever. Um, they can be good if you're, especially with like flanking rules or something like that. You know, you can position your creature to give you flanking. Um, but they don't scale well. They don't get a lot of extra health. Their ability to hit and the damage they do does not go up by that much, if at all. I think. Um, and it's it's a poor class. Graybein ended up getting killed. He took like one hit, and that knocked him down to zero. And then I he, I think the DM had me doing death saves, and I mm. rolled. I think I I think he got hit actually again because we were in a, the passageway through the maze was five by was a five foot wide passage. So the minotaur was kind of squeezing in, and Graybein was in front of me, uh, and I couldn't get in front of Graybein to protect him because it was like minotaur Graybein me. I had no space to move into. Mm. Um, uh, So Graven kind of had to take the heat. And uh, the GM was like, he has another attack and he can't reach you. So I kind of, and I'm like, it's okay. I I know. (sighs) So he hits him, automatic crit, so two fails. Mm -hmm. Then it comes around to my turn. I make a roll for him. I fail. He's dead. Uh, Quite upsetting. Uh, And I was like, I didn't know what the protocol was. Because in the book, again, another thing they don't do, they don't tell you how to get your companion back. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't. Uh, there's no way of reviving them. Uh, there was, I think, in a later in the revised Ranger, yeah. they had a thing where you could like you do a ritual them. for an hour and you can summon their spirit back. I think exactly. Yeah, uh, which is good. V- yeah, uh, that, that was definitely definitely an improvement, much but, needed improvement. Yeah, but I didn't have uh, that. That wasn't a feature at the time, uh, and I was kind of the DM was kind of saying, "Oh, you know, you can you can go to woods, you can find another wolf, uh, you can get another different animal if you want, whatever you want to do." Uh, and I was honestly kind of like. Do you know what? My heart's been broken one too many times. Uh, can I swap swap myself class to hunter? Which I think I feel is a is a good transition. Like you know, yeah, hunters a very very the...
0: solid subclass for ranger
1: as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I get some really good abilities. So I did that. Uh, he was he was okay with me swapping. I just became a hunter instead. Uh, that was my first experience with it. Uh, at the time, I did not dislike ranger. And again, well, this is not the we hate rangers uh, episode of the podcast. I love a load uh, of ranger subclasses, so like... particularly the newer ones. Newer ranger subclasses are dope. Oh yeah, there's some really, really good. The subclass is really making the new ones, mm-hmm. and the new abilities and tashes. Yes. Uh, I think make them a very well-rounded class. Um, but yeah, the Beastmaster was not great. Um, and having a beast companion like that, uh, and how weak they are mm-hmm. in combat, uh, you end up babysitting them. Uh, you mentioned it a while ago. Uh, Laura Bailey in Critical Role had Trinket, her uh, her bear in a uh, in uh, Campaign One, yeah. um, and Trinket, I mean, after a certain time, because he's a bear, mm. and you know, he can't always climb certain things, or do, or fly, or do certain things that the rest of the party can do, uh, and the fact that he was, by the time they were, like, level, after level 10, definitely after level 15, yeah. he was so incredibly squishy, I don't think she was bringing him on all of their quests, she was sometimes leaving behind, because he's more of a hindrance you have to protect yeah. in a fight, because he can get killed very, very easily. Um, it's something that he been dealing with for, like,
0: the last... I don't know, how like uh four or five sessions with um because I have frost now, my uh my dog yes. and like literally every time there's a combat encounter now, I thankfully because it's a Valiner hound, I can just like mentally tell it if something bad happens, go hide and then I will tell you when to come back to me. And it just goes off and hides. Or like, geez, I remember like we had to we had to we were going down like a tunnel shaft and then we had to jump down. So we brought the dog down on a broom of flying with our halfling and another halfling. <laughs> And then I just leapt down and like sunk to my waist in literal excrement.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then
0: I had to take the dog off the broom and hold it over my head to bring it to the like island of clean stone <laughs> that was off to the side. I started being like
1: uh, well I wouldn't say it was clean stone, but yeah, sure. Comparatively. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and set him down
1: comparatively, yeah. Everything is cleaner than this camera.
0: Yeah. And fucking had to set and then set it down. I remember just being like <sighs> okay, the dog is fine. And then i turned around and a literal shit demon rose in front of me
1: <laughs> i was just like <sighs> yeah uh he again same same flaw with with the thing is that uh again this is before the the psychic rules well i think mm-hmm. the ua had come out but we had not yeah. actually gotten the i think we'd spoken um,
0: about putting it into the game but we were kind of waiting to see how it took out
1: exactly yeah yeah um and Obviously, with the release for now in tash's I'm quite, I'm quite mm-hmm. happy with it. I think it's actually really, really good. <laughs> so am I. Um, <laughs> but you're, this means your dog likely won't die. It means my dog is almost as tanky as I am.
0: <laughs> your
1: dog is tankier than two of our other party members. Uh, because I believe they, he's definitely tankier than the uh, Orlock. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he might be a little bit tankier in terms of health points than... Uh, T Bloodhunter in, in <laughs> who of, needs to use his health yeah. points to fuel his abilities <laughs> it, it,
0: we, we'll get on to how, how, how strong and weak we think uh, they in the second but like yeah just in terms of hit, raw hit points uh, it's second only to me <laughs> oh really? Yeah. is it more than Wabu as well? it's
1: two points more than Wabu <laughs> <laughs> oh my god for context Wabu is the like 500 pound uh uh Zealot barbarian, uh, turtle uh, in our party, who is just a wall of flesh and shell, yeah. uh, and somehow has two less hit points than this skimpy little fairy dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a skimpy little fairy dog, Connor. Come on, <laughs> that's the, the Hounds of the Fae. He's a fairy dog,
0: okay. He's gonna, he's getting trained, he's getting trained. He'll be a buff, uh, yes, fairy dog. He'll, he'll be a war dog by the time I'm done with him, yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, I was trying to think...
1: I was of him doing, like, press-ups, which is just him sitting... Oh, yeah. him going like that? <laughs> it's just him sitting down and standing up again. Yeah. And you're just there like a drill sergeant. Like, two, one, three, four, one, two, two, three, four.
0: By the end of it, it's like, like we do the Hercules montage. At the end of it, I'm, like, standing
1: on his back, and he's going, like... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh it'd be like one of those dobermans you see with the fucking shoulder oh jesus myself. yeah or those
0: like really jacked pitbulls holy fuck yeah exactly uh, cool sorry that was a, that was just a strange tangent but uh it's kind of become <laughs> it's kind of become our shtick now um cool yeah one i so i suppose what i really wanted to get onto was do you think given the new psychic rules that psychics are maybe too powerful
1: I well can I can I still sort of say I do like the idea. Yeah, I love the idea of um, of a wizard having an apprentice, of a, a knight having a, uh, a squire, uh, of a thief having a slightly smaller thief. <laughs> um, I, I I like the I like I love the idea of having these extra people in your party, and they can also help a little bit in like rounding out a party sometimes as well. You know, like our current party, for example. Um, you have two, we have two barbarians, a warlock, and a bloodhunter. Uh, no healers. Mm. Uh, there are no, uh, let's so they have the warlock, but the Warlock is kind of a unique magic user. You don't have any like wizard or sorcerer level magic users, you can do big, big spells really easily or a lot uh, in a day. Um, so yeah, like if the I think the psychic rules can be good for rounding out a party, you know, if uh, if because I, I like to not have my players know what each of them are going to play before a game starts because i like the surprise of mm. meeting those characters for the first time at the table. Uh but that inevitably leads to like we have two barbarians <laughs> and no healers. Um and then we end up kind of having these gaps in the dynamic of the party. So not a bad idea if you wanted to bring a member in and they're like, "Oh, they're going to be the healer" or this person is if you only have one tanky character and a bunch of spellcasters or a couple of rogues or something like that oh this person's going to be like a, a warrior i believe they're called isn't it in the uh yeah warrior yeah, yeah. warrior yeah this person's going to be the warrior and they're going to be spec'd out just to be the kind of tank and take a lot of the hits um and i think you can be good at rounding out a class like that um but i do worry that because they're so good like it, okay if you can if you can get a sidekick mm. if your dm is okay with sidekicks uh, so you can have a squire an apprentice small thief uh why would you a, a thiefling a, a thiefling <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> um but if, if that's the case uh why would you ever play a ranger beastmaster or even to that extent um the battlesmith artificer mm. if they give you a companion that scales to be fair both the, like, there's been retcons to the battlesmith as well which has made the your psychic the, the uh, mechanical like, servant i think
0: it's called
1: yeah it's made it way more functional It levels up nicely and scales nicely as well so that it's really it's quite good now before it wasn't great it's actually quite good now to the point where i'm, I'm like i would actually happy to play that like i said they've also improved the Beastmaster Ranger, so that with uh, with Tasha's and stuff as well, to the yeah. point where now it's actually really playable. And I'm like, I would actually play that again, you know. Um, but then my problem is both of those versions of having a companion are considerably weaker than a sidekick, and also as well as being weaker than the sidekick, uh, you all of your subclass features go towards having that sidekick when instead. You Could be like, well, what if I want to play a ranger hunter who's better at fighting or um, gloomstalker or any of the ranger subclasses and get all those subclass abilities? Then just have a sidekick that's a wolf that I level up with the warrior abilities and more powerful. I just, I do worry that it, it kind of makes those uh companion based subclasses a little bit irrelevant or a little bit. Yeah, like, again mm. i don't know don't I, get around there's some unique stuff in those subclasses with with working with your companion and stuff absolutely yeah but uh but yeah they, they are very powerful to the point where it's you it's just a whole other character it's just here's yeah. a second character um they but, even level the same way and have uh, abilities that are pulls direct like the, the warrior for example it's just a combination of base fighter abilities a couple things from champion and a couple things from barb i think yeah um and it, it makes for a super well-rounded fighter um why would you ever need to have as you know as a result, like a battlesmith uh some other fighter or a wolf as a ranger anything right? like that that just can't perform the same in a combat scenario i suppose um just in, re- in relation
0: to I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying and i can see uh where you're coming from with that um i would take a slightly different viewpoint on it though in that um i would look at this as a way to fulfill the same character uh, character roles or character character archetypes without having to be a ranger or an artificer like if you just want if you wanted to be i okay, not like uh, like i i suppose like instead of, say if you wanted to be something like an artificer but weren't a fan of the mechanical servant but still wanted to have like a pet or like a guard dog or something like that we'd say say guard dog just be easy right you could take you could take levels in gunslinger you could take levels in gunslinger and you have your gunsmithing and your tinkering and you could be you could be an inventor and instead of having that uh mechanical servant you could have like your loyal hound or like a hawk that scouts for you or all of these things and then you could actually build like mechanical stuff for them to add add to them as like add-ons that kind of boost them up stuff like that um i absolutely do agree i think like yeah it does step on things toes a little bit um particularly like if you've any of the more play in martial classes it would it, i think it could step on their toes a bit so i think it, it's just a good idea with this like we said start, it starts clear with your dm first have a good look at it together talk about what you want for it um if both of you are okay with it like me like you you're you're pretty okay with everything in it um from from the conversations we've had like and i even because you can't build them on dnd beyond right now because they haven't coded it in yet but i feature for it yeah, yet, yeah yeah i basically did a like a google doc where i used the rules and i built out um my dog frost to uh i believe it's a level nine psychic level nine warrior psychic and then i just sent you the sheet and was like this is what he'll be like and yeah he's he's pretty strong but like I don't know. Like, I suppose my main question here is: Would you say it's overpowered?
1: Uh, I. Mm, yeah, honestly, it's kind of hard to say. Um, I, if if I was designing this, because they're meant to be a sidekick mm. and not a whole other character, I if I was designing this, I think, trying to think retroactively, you know, looking back, if I was in the position, um, I may have possibly looked at it from the position of well. Whatever level you are, your sidekick is always half of that. Mm. Which isn't... I think it fits the role of them definitely being the second. Like, they're your apprentice, they're your your squire, whatever. Um, That I would only worry about is for survivability of bringing... Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, if you have uh, three or four tenth level characters in a party, and they're fighting something that is scaled for a tenth level Mm. uh, party like a dragon or whatever the big creature they fight might one shot a fifth level character yeah i think and i think that making that, it that's the problem
0: i think making it a half level thing um would basically turn psychics back into pets again and that would be the issue yeah uh, i think like i think they're i think they're strong but they need to be strong by necessity to have them actually worth something in the game like otherwise they're just an aesthetic pet um like I like you can see in Role the entire time. Uh is it Sprinkle, Laura Bailey's ferret that lives inside <laughs> yeah, her yeah. the the immortal ferret that lives inside the armor and only appears to be fed sweets.
1: They they like <laughs> they only feed it sugar and then like whenever they go through a situation where Laura or anyone else is like swimming underwater yeah. for an extended period of time. Or she'll she get hit and, with like a, a fireball. Fire yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just they only remember after the fight or after the encounter, oh, Sprinkle was with you, Laura, this whole time, right? And she's like yeah, but he's fine. Yeah, but well, like he probably should have taken the sixty or eighty six yeah. fire damage there. But sure.
0: So like, I think there's like if you don't do the psychic thing, I think there's only really two ways you can go down the route with that, and it's either you have a completely superficial pet who can't take any actions in combat, and is only and isn't a defa- is ba- is basically just an accessory like a piece of clothing, um, and they can't really impact the game at all, and it's more just for character and flavor stuff where you can kind of you can you can do stuff like just you know, like just like the sprinkle stuff where you know, it just appears to be cute and kind of have cute character moments with it and stuff like that or you can go the other way and actually have uh, like a pet character that is involved in combat and just accept the reality that at a certain point you're gonna have to just continue. you're gonna have to do like as a rotating like death zoo of pets that's just going to come through like every second encounter your pet's going to die <laughs> it's going to happen like yeah
1: yeah uh, uh, i i do i like your take on it there uh where you're like because i'm obviously looking at it from the perspective of uh the sidekicks make these two classes irrelevant But I, I think as well like, where you could combine both more, too like you could do uh, a beastmaster yeah. ranger
0: and then start leveling your beastmaster companion as a sidekick
1: yeah i wouldn't see a problem with that uh to bring it up on par
0: uh, with, with but, everything like, i think
1: that would even be stronger
0: than the base psychic though wouldn't it so like same thing say like lug was a, instead of being a barbarian was a beastmaster, and i had and, and i had frost and frost had the beastmaster benefits and then Tasha's comes out and then we level frost at nine and warrior and psychic he would have all He would have the. you would have the nine warrior levels and then he would oh. have all the benefits from the beastmaster class as well
1: if, if you stack them for definite yeah oh yeah, yeah. um i i was i was saying i have to look over beast, That would beast be rules. Yeah, hideously
0: broken. broken, I think. Just <laughs> I, know, to, yeah. I
1: like I'm not familiar with Beastmaster rules, but I
0: just think if it was just stacking even more benefits and more to hit, I think because I think it doesn't ranger, um, if you go Beastmaster, like you if two of you hit the same target or something, it does more damage or because you
1: it, it no it, it can that it can like kind proc of, your
0: uh, um I think it can proc your hunter's mark or something,
1: can't it? Your beast companion. Uh, the, i I, honestly, I, I, should, I i should have read over it yeah. i didn't before the podcast i didn't either because uh, i've uh, literally not
0: looked at ranger in years
1: oh same same aside um, from the
0: subclasses but like yeah um uh, yeah. I, I i would say that's probably that'd probably be verging towards too powerful i think where they're at right now they are definitely effective but it's maybe something we can revisit um in a in a while once once like we have frost in the game as what, a warrior so kick and we can play with yeah like just looking at his stats, I think he'll be strong. But I, I, like, I, I, I'm fairly certain he'll be strong. But again, like, he doesn't have barbarian resistance, so he can still take. Like, it's not like he can just shrug off a load of damage. He has a lot of hit points, but did he doesn't have anything special about? It. He's just yeah.
1: He yeah. just kind of. I do like the idea. In, um, I do like the idea that uh, rather than, like I was saying, uh, ma- rather than making those two companion based subclasses irrelevant. Mm instead of closing off those opportunities, opening the opportunities of, like, well, I want to, I don't want to play an artificer. I don't want to play a ranger. I want to play a rogue, but I want to have a pet bird, like in a, a, a hawk or something. Yeah, you should totally yeah. be allowed to do that, and you should totally be allowed to have that hawk be... Like you said, I don't think there's anything wrong with having companions, like pet companions, yeah. and then... Because, like, we had an entire... our entire We last, had a menagerie uh, of animals in our first fucking campaign. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, like, uh, just, just for example, um, Binky, the dire squirrel... Yeah uh i made up a stat block for dire squirrels and everything and but binky i, I what i said to Dan when he started when he asked could i have a pet dire squirrel i was like you can but i don't want to be like unfair to other players so like he'll really only be a roleplay accessory he won't really factor into combat or be able to do anything like that um he's he's pretty pretty strictly like in roleplay moments you can do funny things with him and stuff and i'm, I'm okay with that um but i think that like that's fine uh, I th- I do like the idea that you can play a different character. Like he was a rogue, you know. He's a rogue quite a pet. Uh, I do like the idea that you can play a rogue and it, it can have and have a sidekick and yeah. it has tangible mechanical impact on the game as well. It's Again, like if there, game, it's okay with yeah,
0: that. and it's there already in the D&D lore. Like I haven't, I, I hand on heart, I haven't actually read any of the drizzt books, but I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with him enough to know. Doesn't he's he have? Like he has panther. like a panther. Doesn't he have like a hawk or something yeah. as well? like so yeah no, it's a i think i think oh, yeah. the panther I, him, I knew yeah. for sure you had a panther but so like it, it's right there like you know uh, and like fucking i suppose like you know like you could with if you wanted to do like a dritz type character but you didn't want to do beastmaster, you could go like gloomstock or ranger and take a take a psychic for like i i don't I, is a panther like a, yeah, or, a panther yeah a panther a panther cr for a psychic as well but the cr for psychic it has to be for warrior half. Anywhere, a half um which made me very happy when i looked at the valor hound <laughs> yeah it was
1: very very happy with that i but, think um honestly i i like we don't have any beastmasters or any artificers in mm-hmm. our game currently Um i think if you're running a game where there are no beastmasters and there are no battlesmiths i don't actually see there being a confrontation at all but if you're running a game where one player is a ranger beastmaster or a battlesmith artificer and then the fighter is also like, hey, can I get a squire who is also basically a whole other fighter? Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, both your, you both have companions. One of you has a companion as an addition to your class. And one of you has a companion because of your class. And, and one of them is considerably better. I can see there being a bit of conflict. Um, like you said, I think we'll test it out because uh, we're... Yeah. Running Frost at uh, currently uh, in our game. Well, uh, now
0: won't be. He, we won't be um, statting him out as a psychic like for a while, yet till we actually uh, get out of this underground. But I,
1: yeah, I think we're doing a bit of a time jump uh, after the the current kind of quest arc, and then we'll, in that time, we'll say you are training Frost and stuff like that. Hell yeah,
0: uh, hell yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so I, look, I look, I do look forward to it. Like I think I do like the stats. I like the things they included, particularly with the the spellcaster. Mm-hmm. They basically go here, pick. uh, my voice cracked there pick, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pick a pick a, a spellcasting modifier and then that determines the spell list you can pick from uh, and they can be like a healer or what was it they could be a healer uh a chosen or a prodigy
0: isn't it basically cleric wizard and um oh no cleric uh... yeah,
1: cleric soft wizard or something like that that sounds right and yeah but the, the way oh yeah so they can be a mage which is like you get to choose from the wizard spell list uh they can be a healer you get to choose from the cleric or druid spell list and they can be a prodigy and it's bard or warlock weirdly no sorcerer um yeah but i mean the sorcerer spells are i think pretty much all included i'd imagine meta are
0: magic are would be ones. difficult to get in there as well probably why
1: rage you would, you is would in you the That well. their meta magic is the thing oh yeah um, you only get the access to their spell lists but not their abilities uh so they they let say, for example, there are anything that you can find on the Sorcerer spell list, as far as I'm aware, yeah. will appear on either Warlock, Wizard, Bard or, or whatever else, you know. So there's no issue now that I'm just thinking about it, there's no need to include it in that table.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at the actual page here myself Um because my the most. Ex- so I have actually built the Psychic, like I was saying earlier, Um, mm-hmm. but I've really only looked at the Warrior one because that's I knew straight away. That's I like I, I wanted to start out. My dog is like a war dog. we kind of talked about it for a yeah. while in game. Yeah um so i've kind of already looked at that um as someone who's played Outland, a whoop, 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 whoop. as someone who has played mostly uh martial classes uh i think it's pretty strong um it is basically like a, i look at it like a very streamlined fighter that gets things from a, from it's basically a very streamlined champion because you've got the champion improved critical um, and you have the advantage on initiative, like Barb's too. Yeah, yeah, and you've you've got some. It's yeah, it's it's a streamlined champion with some uh, slight Barb features, just not the big one, Rage. Um yeah. out of the three, Connor. Um, because I I I realize now we've, we've talked for quite a bit of time about psychics, but I would have actually mentioned that you have a choice of three, and it's uh the spellcaster, the expert, <laughs> and the warrior. Oh, well,
1: by the way, the thing we've been talking about for 30 minutes is
0: this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I I thought of it a while ago, but we were we were in a good spot, so I didn't want to stop.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um
0: uh, oh, yeah, it basically we kind and you kinda hit on it earlier, so It basically breaks down to uh uh, a thief uh, sorry uh, a rogue uh, spellcaster and a, uh, a martial ca- a martial character yeah and you can kind of, kind of the three pillars of of character building yeah bar the, bar, oh yeah cleric isn't there sorry yeah and uh just as a sidebar entirely too it's nothing to do with the actual uh how it's mechanically built or something. the art for the sidekicks is absolutely fantastic
1: oh, it's man. the most adorable I, the thing in the world I saw. so there is Okay, where is he? It's the spellcaster one. There is, is a def- bullywog. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's he's wearing a wizard's hat <laughs> and he has a little spell book and I love him. Um. <laughs> I love him so. The, oh, he's, I, he's got a uh, he's got a little frog familiar on his shoulder as well. I just wanted. I did. I'm just seeing that actually. I love him so much. I I, I was flicking through all the sidekick stuff when the book first came out in D&D Beyond, and I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. That bullywog wizard. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, I love the, uh. there's, like, a, a goblin in, like, uh. there's, like, a goblin in, like, a
0: shiny pink dress cast in, like, I guess it's, like, Dancing Light or something. D- the light, yeah. I get, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, my God, it's so great. And then you it's get down so to, good. you get down to the warriors then and there. There's a, there's a, uh, an Asimaru who looks just pretty awesome. He's got some serious yeah. threads. There's an absolutely hilarious, like, warrior chef fur bug, which I'm a big fan yeah. of. And then there's the best boy.
1: <laughs> the best doggo, <duggle. laughs> who's also yeah. got one eye. Yeah, he, like he's also, yeah. And it is—it's the same eye too. It is the same eye as well, yeah. Yeah, oh, but uh, that it's, was. It's, yeah. I, I I think the art actually just as a side of Tasha's. Tasha's
0: overall oh. is so so good. Oh. Do you want to do you want to show people your special edition cover?
1: I will. <laughs> <laughs> so I waited long enough for it because of delivery times with COVID and everything. Ooh, it's uh, the art
0: is so good for uh for audio listeners. It's the special
1: edition covers of to- cover of Tasha's Cauldron and of everything. Uh, it's actually absolutely if you look. If you look at the back here as well, I don't know if you can see that. Oh, Baba Yaga's house, is it. It's Baba Yaga's house and you can see the the, the chicken walls. legs. Oh my oh, god. Yeah, That's them,
0: yeah. so class. I'm, oh yeah, it's I, really, really good. I'm regretting uh, not getting the special edition and just getting it on this No. Uh
1: yeah. And I think I think psychics have a lot going for them. Um, not perfect, but hey, I, there's few enough things to come out in D and D that are 100% perfect. I think, I'm sure we can nit, we can nitpick all day if we wanted to. Absolutely, I think
0: one thing we can definitely agree on is they look like they'll be
1: effective. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and again, it also could be a good idea just talk about it now. If maybe you only have two players, yeah, you know maybe you only have two players and you're and one wants to be a thief one wants to be a warrior again i, I keep going back to healer because I, I feel like parties need healers yeah oh uh, yeah I, yeah <laughs> what what if you had a squire who was actually really religious so now the fighter's going to have a squire and that squire is going to be uh, learned from the cleric spell list totally. uh just around at your party again and i think that's actually great that you don't have to run you're essentially running a whole other character but it's it's a nice way of introducing it and, and having them yeah. be as a uh, an addition to the already existing characters on the roster here's someone who isn't just a rando it's someone who is linked to one of the existing characters exactly and it's, it's
0: it's also like a huge opportunity for like role play and just character development and stuff like you could easily have like if you wanted to take on like a follower of any kind whether it's the expert or the warrior or the spellcaster um you could easily tie it into like so uh, like a friend from your backstory has sought you out for various reasons and now after going on an adventure for you decides that this is the life for them they 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 stay on with you as a follower and like uh i don't know like this was depending on what way you want to stat them out you could you, that's an easy way to add a new like a cleric or a healer or uh or a spellcaster or a warrior or a rogue or an assassin mm-hmm. something like that to your party particularly if it's something like you were saying um something you were lacking like like lacking a healer i know it's a trap a lot of parties fall into ours included
1: even though clerics in five E are
0: amazing. Oh man, I, I so I'm, I'm absolutely playing a cleric sometime soon. They're just so good. Yeah. Uh but Connor uh, I think that's all the time we have for today.
1: You stole my line. I was gonna say that to you. Oh <laughs> Yes, get in there. I was the last like thirty seconds or a minute. I was looking at the time and I'm like, Oh, okay, I'm I'm gonna wait for Martin to say something, and then I'm gonna do my bit, my bit, <laughs> where I say, uh, but Martin. I think that's all the time we have today. No, 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 it's okay. Uh, no, no, you go ahead. We can edit it fine. out. We we'll let it out. It's fine. Your, your host this week. That's fine. No, no, it's it's cool. Whatever. It's cool. Uh, sorry, I just really thought I, I thought it I was again. being organized. <laughs> 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 no, go on, Connor. You, uh, you can
0: you can uh, you can send us off for, for the for this week's episode.
1: Well, Martin, I would send us off, but Martin, that's all the time we have for today.
0: Oh, did I, did not, right I did not know. I did not know.
1: Awesome, uh, Connor. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me here on the Mike Flairs uh, podcast. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Zero Point Connor, Z E R O P O I N T C O N O R, 1 N, very important. Indeed. Awesome. And
0: uh, you can find me uh, here uh, as well on the Mike Flairs podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at So Sorry It's Over, which is, should be just down here. Uh, you can also find us, uh the podcast in general on twitter at the at mike flares pod on twitter which should be down in the right hand corner and uh i also stream on twitch at twitch.tv slash murt uh recently i've been doing a, a world redesign so if that's something you guys want to have a look at uh it should be up on my twitch by the time it goes out i'm sure i'm still working on it by the time this goes live uh yeah. all, all the maps oh man i added i added i literally doubled the land mass in my in my in my world but uh we we'll get maybe we can get onto that another day when i finish the map I have maps i'm gonna add that to the list of potential topics awesome i'd actually love to talk to you about maps because you make some cool maps but thank you very much ladies and gentlemen that's going to be it for today thank you very very much for listening to the mike flair podcast and we will see you all again same time next week
1: bye 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 guys see you again